Blog Talk Radio. My producer slam, my flow is like, bam, jump on stage, I think I did that. nigga, everybody gets, cause you can't bust this. You got a bad name like Dick Butt Kiss. Welcome to the next level, a rhyme flowing, scratching, hooking the beats and hoe catching. Every time I come home, I got 50 messages. I only call back the girls with big, big breasts. Ooh, I got biddies in all the major cities. The safest way to have sex is right between us. Excuse me as I kiss the sky. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Thank you so much, Rob. Happy Halloween to you. Happy Halloween to all you listeners out there. Welcome to this special Halloween episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com, live from the Papa John Studios. Support for the show is also provided in part by Southwest Airlines, who wants to remind you to reconnect with the fall getaway. You can actually use their low fare calendar to search available fares by travel date on Southwest.com. That's Southwest Airlines, where there's no change fees and bags fly free. Greetings. Salutations. Welcome to all the Balkholics, all the Gerzakin addicts. I'm your host, the slightly above average Eric Balkman. My co-host is, of course, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Uh, coming up on tonight's show, we'll recap the Saints-Panthers game. Uh, we're going to talk about the Broncos' backfield and how some real-life quarterback changes will affect your fantasy lineups in Week 9. Uh, plus, Rick Beard, who's in second and 19th place in the FFPC main event, will join us tonight to talk about drafting quarterbacks early and how he has managed to get two teams in the main event's top 20. First things first, though, Dave, welcome back. Hey, thanks, Balky. Glad uh, to be back. We missed you last week. Did you uh, Did you have an enjoyable siesta, as yeah. the kids say? Yeah, it was great. Good time? Mm-hmm. Excellent. Um, and uh, you are all refreshed, ready to tackle the second half of the football season. Yeah, I'm absolutely ready to rock and roll, Balky. All right, excellent. I uh, want to give a shout-out to the chat room right now as well. Post any questions you have in there. Uh, you can also connect with us on Twitter at, at HSFFHour, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak, Facebook.com slash the High Stakes Fantasy Football or 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA if you want to chime in and talk with us tonight. The FedEx inbox is also football at gmail.com. Our producer and mutual friend Rob, audio engineer Bryce, will get those questions to us on the air tonight, and uh, we'll talk some fantasy football with you. Um, before we uh, get started, I want to thank Football Guys and Roto World for tonight's rundown. Um, first thing up on the rundown, the football game last night, Dave, Saints 28, Panthers 10. Uh, not the most entertaining of games, uh, pretty boring first half, pretty sloppy entire game by the Panthers, but let's talk Saints right away. Uh, Mark Ingram, 30 carries, 100 yards, uh, a catch for 10 yards, and two touchdowns. Obviously, he's killing it with Kyrie and with Pierre out. What are you doing with Mark Ingram in your lineups when those guys get healthy? I mean, is he still a guy that you can start as a flex and feel okay with it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think you'd still start Ingram, even with those, some of those guys getting a, a little bit more touches. He's gonna, he's earned more touches, so I think he'll be just fine. And he definitely has goal line work. He's looking like a man possessed. Like, he's playing for that contract, whether it's with the Saints or somebody else. I think he'll be just fine. Yeah, he's playing with a chip on his shoulder, too. I mean, he's, this is three years of, of people, you know, saying what a disappointment he is and how he'll never cut it in the NFL. And now here he is just absolutely crushing it. Uh, it's sort of – this isn't on the rundown, but as he crushes it, Drew Brees – um, just does not, he doesn't look like Drew Brees and he's not having these Drew Brees type performances. He had a couple of games where I think he was close to 400 yards. Um, as you pointed out a couple of weeks ago, still hasn't had that four or five touchdown Brees type game. So maybe the Saints, with the success they had in the playoffs last year running the ball, that's translating to the regular season and it's at Drew Brees' expense and his fantasy owners as well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Sean Payton could care less about fantasy owners. He just wants to win football games and he realizes that once he gets a lead, if they're playing well, there's no reason for Breeze to air it out. Talk about the receivers that Breeze is throwing to. Nobody outside of Jimmy Graham really was all that great last night. Cooks, of course, the Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer, according to you. That's right. Three catches, 38 yards. Colston, three for 36. Kenny Stills, five for 72. Can you trust any of these guys? I mean, I wouldn't want to really start any of them on a weekly basis. And that includes Cooks, who honestly has looked good athletically, um, but from a fantasy standpoint, just not putting up crazy numbers like we thought he might. 
he's still putting up good numbers. He just he did not have a great game. Um, they only I think targeted him three times. But he's on pace for a really you know for still a really good season for a rookie. I have to look at that because I don't know what he, I'm just I'm just curious because I you know I, I listen to podcasts and I and I I read articles and and it doesn't seem like anybody's really talking about how great he has uh, been this year. You know, 43 for 410 and two touchdowns. So he's on pace for an 86 catch, 820 yard, four touchdown season. As as rookies go, that's solid. That's really good. That's not. I mean, it's excellent actually for a rookie. An 800 yard season. That's like what Josh Gordon got as a rookie. That's what Hopkins got as a rookie. Those are really good seasons. All right. So he is on pace. How many touchdowns does he have so far? He has two. Two. I mean, so but you know what? I, I take that back. That's two receiving. I know he's had at least one rushing too. That's true. So the pen does kind of suck. It works, but right. it's not great. I'm not. You know, it's the pen you borrowed to me, Balkan. Right, I'm, I'm gonna, not totally I'll, mad about it. I'm going to fix it in a second. But this is, I think it's a fine point. I hate fine point pens. I'm I'm on it. Okay, right. Rob. Can we get a new pen in here, please? Those are the worst. Yeah, those those are the worst. Them are the worst. You know, the, <laughs> them are the worst. You know who else? Our buddy Leroy likes to start. The real Leroy, of yeah. course, everybody knows on, on this show. Um, another guy, a quarterback who's been the worst the last few weeks, Cam Newton, and, and was just with another bad performance again last night. 151 yards and one interception. Uh, he had 43 yards and a touchdown on the ground that sort of saved him fantasy wise. But I'm telling you, man. He looks bad. I like the the next few games on the schedule, so I still think I'm playing him. But it's tough, you know. I mean, you're, you're not trying. To, you're trying not to start him if you can. I mean, well, no, his next two matchups are actually really good. I, I probably would still. I mean, hold on, I'm going to bring up his schedule right here um, because I remember looking at it. And I remember that this started a stretch of. Do you have at, it at Philly and then Atlanta at home? Yeah, so I like those two matchups. I remember this. This Saints one started like, okay, if you're going to use Cam Newton, this is the three week yeah. span to do it in. And if you drafted him, he was falling in drafts. So you probably have another comparable guy there for when he is not having a good matchup. Yeah, I would think that because he struggles, you're starting somebody else. Otherwise, you're already in trouble. Um, Jimmy Wagner brings it up. Kelvin Benjamin dropped both TD passes last night too, and he did. I mean, those were bad. He's a rookie. That's and sucks. he went to Florida State. Ah, don't listen. Don't sully the good name of Florida State on this show. By the way, listeners, Balky was very happy that Florida State. Balky's a big FSU fan. I was out with him last night. He was very happy that Florida State came back for the victory. Yeah, it was an exciting you, game. You were pacing around like an expectant father. Well, you know the thing is, is like I know they're not near as good, and I don't want to turn this into a thing here. I know they're not as good as they were last year, but I don't want them losing a game that they should win. I, I'll, I'm fine with them losing, but wait till the college playoffs and you're playing a clearly better team. And then when you lose by four touchdowns, all right. Yeah, a lot of future pros in that. In that they were talking about that last night that um, I think it was Schefter was tweeting about the Florida State-Louisville game had the largest presence of NFL scouts of any college football game yet this year. So it makes sense. Pretty crazy. Dyer. We brought up, we brought up uh, Calvin Benjamin, thanks to uh, Jimmy Wagner. Um, are you trusting him in your lineup now? I mean, just a clunker of a performance in a game that should have been a shootout. He dropped a couple of touchdowns. How many targets did he have last night? I think I have that in front of me. Ten targets, two catches. That's I mean, bad. I, it is bad. I think if you do own him, you have to just keep rolling him out there because he's the primary target for Cam Newton. Uh, Greg for Olson. receivers. I mean, Greg Olson's still second second target behind him. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. Nobody was close to getting as many targets as Kelvin Benjamin was last night. So right. if he cashes in on three of those, you know, just yeah. a minimum of three, we're not even talking about this. But, and, you know, it's too bad that maybe he just wasn't trying to run as fast as he really could. Yeah, maybe he – I think the thing was is, you know, we saw the report of him dogging his 40 at the Combine so that he'd be drafted by the Panthers. Maybe he's already playing for his next free agent contract, yeah. and he didn't want the Saints or the Panthers signing him, so he just decided to dog it out there tonight. Yeah. And, he didn't yeah. want to get make all pro as a rookie. Well, we'll put it this way. His next big game, we'll know that's the team he wants to play for for <laughs> yeah. his next deal. Right. Uh, anything else to say on this game? No, that's good. Tony Romo listed as questionable. A game-time decision, according to the playing. Dallas Cowboys website against the Cardinals. You are saying it right now. He's not playing. He's out. Yeah. Brandon Whedon, baby. Yeah. So if Brandon Whedon is uh, starting, what are you doing with the uh, – obviously, you're still playing DeMarco Murray. Des Bryant, you almost have to play it, right? You can't bench him, even though Whedon's throwing to yeah, him. Yeah, for sure. You have to start those. Do you think – because and Whitten actually has a good matchup. I, yeah, and I like Whitten because Whedon really l- looked to Whitten a lot on Monday night when he came in. He threw the touchdown to him. I think Whitten is a must-play uh, th- this week. I wouldn't say must-play, but he's a sneaky kind Well, of for an FFPC format. Do you have a guy on by? Yeah. 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 Um, 
Des, you got to play. Terrence Williams, I think you can make a pretty good case for sitting. Yeah, I agree with you. Though. Arizona's pass defense is terrible. Uh, oh, it's terrible. I knew they're. Like I always get it mixed NFL. up because they're awesome at. at they um, have a lot of awesome name players, <laughs> and they suck at actually playing football. Right. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? That's that's what it's like uh, to borrow an NBA thing. The guys who usually lead the league in steals, not that good at defenders because they're always taking chances <laughs> trying to get the steals, you know. Yeah. So it's one of them, Patrick Peterson, Teron Matthew. Those are two of the big things. Oh, he's a great ball hawk. He's always around the football. Well, yeah, but sometimes the football gets by him and he, they gave up 70-yard touchdowns. Yep. Uh, anyway, Doug Martin listed as doubtful against uh, the Browns. Uh, he's not playing. Right, Rainey. So, okay, that's what I was going to ask you. Are you playing Rainey in this situation as an RB2? Yeah, even if Charles Sims, which sounds like Charles Sims is going to get activated, I would still play Rainey with confidence. I don't I mean, my opinion is that Sims doesn't come in and get a ton of snaps. Mm-hmm. He potentially could, but I just don't see it. Would you play Rainey or would you play Charles Sims with not a lot of confidence? <laughs> no, I probably. So you I mean, would, would just flat out like, bench Sims. Like you're not. Yeah, like I would throw yeah. like I mean, Jonas Gray for sure. Um, I'm trying to think of all the guys that are marginal. Um, um, I'm trying to think of guys in that. What about Carlos Hyde? <laughs> wow. Um, you know, I, unless unless I heard rumors like on you know the news that Sims was going to be active and play a decent role, then I would still start. I'll, I'll tell you this. If I had to, which it, some people might have to this it, week. It sounds like we're playing one of these, so i got to play the drop. Would you rather get a massage from a man or surgery from a female doctor? Would you have sex with Cleveland if it meant you could have sex with Angelina Jolie? Who would you rather do? What would you guys rather be? Who would you rather start a small business with? Who would you rather have sex with? Do you want breakfast or would you rather chew on your own ass as usual? What? You right. sex a lot in that. We, there, there's a lot of sex and there's a lot of sex on this show. We just exude sexuality. <laughs> uh, would you rather play Charles... your natural charisma. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Would you rather play Charles Sims at the Browns or Matt Asiata against the Redskins at home? Uh, Asiata. Uh, Sims or CJ2K at Arrowhead? <laughs> I have to start Chris Johnson. I have to start Chris I, Johnson in I, the league this week because Gio's out. I, but I would, pl- I would still play Johnson over Sims. So That's what, that we're both yeah. in agreement there. Okay. Yeah. Um, what about Isaiah Crowell in the same game? You know, again, because that's I, the, 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 I, not, I might play Sims. Okay, that's an interesting one. Sorry to interrupt, but the, it's it's starting at the same time, so you can actually wait. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, am I going with Sims or Crowell there? Um, I'm actually going to roll with Crowell over Sims right. in, in that situation. Um, Sims or Zach Stacy against the Niners? I mean, again, I'm very hesitant to start Sims in any situation. All right. I guess Stacy. I think we're going the right way. Okay. I, okay, and then uh, we'll just do one more. Uh, Sims or – okay, here's an interesting one. Sims or Niall Davis? Oh, Niall Davis for sure. Really? Okay. So yeah. that's, well, I mean, I guess Sims isn't really the starter either. So. Niall Davis, actually, he's really, really right. awesome in his limited touches. Uh, one other thing before uh, we get to uh, tonight's guest, Rick Beard, who is just around the corner here on the show on High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour – uh, Giovanni Bernard ruled out. We have confirmed that, correct, Dave? Yeah. I mean, basically, he's out. I think he's out, yeah. Okay, so Jeremy Hill, everybody's very excited about, oh, he's, he's going to be awesome. You know, RB1 with no Giovanni Bernard. They're going to ride him. He's a three-down back. I don't have the stats on it, but the Jaguars' rush defense is actually pretty good. They're giving up just over three yards a carry. He might be let down. I mean, again, uh, you're not, you have to play Hill, but temper expectations. You don't want to go crazy with thinking Hill is – if he doesn't have a 20-point game, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to be surprised. Yeah, he's going to have to get volume, I think. Um, of course, he, you know, he'll, he might get the garbage touchdown or the, you know, the, the goal line touchdown, but it, he might only average three yards a carry. I mean, the Jaguars, they have a good front seven. If you were to play uh, on a daily site, which I've, I've heard of these daily sites that are cropping up all over the place, coming out of the woodwork mm-hmm. – um, if you were to play there, is Jeremy Hill a guy that you would look at playing? He's worth considering, I would say, for sure. The thing is, a lot of those salaries came out before, you know, Giovanni was obviously ruled out. And, and they, was, wouldn't, they wouldn't have bumped him that much. They don't really bump because him. Because he was guys. questionable. You know, I mean, they don't even, but they're not going to bump him unless he's actually, their algorithms don't bump players unless they put up like a performance. So like even Oh, if, interesting. I didn't if, know that. How did you know that? I mean, it's just that's just research. It, it's just the way it kind of works out. I mean, they, like all of a sudden, if he's out, they wouldn't have automatically just bumped him like you know fifteen hundred bucks. Hmm. Interesting. I'm learning so much. I'll tell you what, the Dizzle is my Yoda. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Seriously, I mean, there's, there's no money benefit to that. Um, yeah, speak for yourself. 
Let's get to tonight's guest uh, here, another Yoda coming on the show. He's been playing fantasy football for 15 years, high-stakes fantasy football for the last five years. He uh, actually started high-stakes fantasy football because his wife thought he was spending way too much time on his, quote, $5 bullcrap leagues, as she puts it. So he found the WCOFF, transitioned over to the FFPC, and it is by far his favorite time of year, especially when he's been able to navigate two of his three main event teams into the top 20, including one that is currently in second place overall. Please welcome into the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, Rick Beard. Happy Halloween, Rick. Oh, happy Halloween, guys. How you guys doing? We're, we're doing good. Did trick-or-treating uh, end up to be everything you thought it would be tonight? Uh, yes, you know, dressed up as a whoopee cushion for the little girl and uh, had fun. <laughs> a whoopee cushion. That is an interesting one. I hadn't thought about that before. That's kind of genius. Yeah, I like that. And most it's of the spe- kids nowadays didn't even know what it was. <laughs> Isn't that just sick? I just And you know what? I was giving out candy tonight at my door, and, like, it was so cute, like, the little five- and six-year-old, seven-year-old kids, you know, Buzz Lightyear, witches, baseball players, trick-or-treat. And then I get, like, the, coming up the last hour where you could trick-or-treat. And it was, like, these 13-, 14-year-old kids not even, like, Pro- saying trick-or-treat. Prophylactics. Well, no, no, I mean, I, I wouldn't. I, listen, I, I, it's, it's always good to be safe, but, you know, again, 13, 14 years old, come on. That's, that's what you were handing out, actually. Well, I didn't have any candy. What was I supposed to do? <laughs> I mean, my goodness. Hey, here's, here's some Trojans. Hey, Rick, uh, tr- try to rescue us out of this little, again, sex dive that we're taking here. Tell the listeners a little bit about where you live and uh, what you do for a living there. All right. Well, I'm uh, currently living in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, you know, we exciting right now with the, the Cavaliers, but we always love our Browns. Uh, uh, originally from North Carolina, but been here for about 13 years now. Uh, and uh, I'm an air traffic controller. I've been doing that for about 18 years now. Oh, that's really interesting. Uh, yeah, you know, they, there was actually a whole bunch of, there's a, a few other air traffic controllers in your league, and that's who kind of uh, put me in the right direction to start this high stakes. And um, with all the quote-unquote stress that we go through, we um, kind of relieve it through other uh, outlets, and this is one. Is it really, I mean, is it, is it really as stressful as, I mean, I can only imagine it must be, but is it really that stressful? Tell us just a little bit about that. Uh, no, it's not that stressful to me. I treat it as a video game. Um, I would say... How many how many lives do you quarter. get? <laughs> Sorry, go well, ahead. Well, in the lives, well, I, I, I get as many as I want, but some people only get as <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> to me, uh, stress is watching Monday Night Football fourth quarter, and you're either up or down by a few points, and you're just hoping and praying it either ends or you get that extra point to win. That's stress. Yeah, that for sure. I, I I totally know what you're coming from, Dave. Who knew the FFPC was big at airports with air with airport oh, employees all over the place? It, you know what? It's an untapped uh, uh, demographic that I think we need to look at. So we're putting some marketing into that. Do you work Sunday afternoons and, uh, you know, have the game on just uh, just overhead there over your monitor? Oh, no. I make sure that I'm off on Sundays. <laughs> well, that, you know what? I have not worked the a friendly Sunday skies, in uh, thank, thank you for that. <laughs> All right, actually, now, here's a football question for you, Rick. A lot of FFPC players, they'll try and build their teams around wide receivers and tight ends. But for your team that's in second place right, right now, second overall, it seems like you built it on your backfield. You have uh, Matt Forte, DeMarco Murray, and Drew Brees. God, I would love that team. Anyway, uh, why did you go that particular route? Um, coming in at any draft, uh, anybody that's been doing fantasy football for a while, you, you, you have an idea how you expect it to go. And every single league I expected to go running back, receiver, tight end, no particular order. And the third team that actually have an FFPC, uh, I went that route. I went running back, tight end, and a receiver. But you've got to be able to uh, adapt and just go with whoever you think is, is highly ranked. And um, the number one person on my board from the get-go was Matt Forte. Uh, I could have been number one or number four like I was, and he was going to be my guy. I, I've taken him in every single league that I had an opportunity. Uh, I, I absolutely loved him from the get-go. The, the DeMarco Murray... That was just total luck. I don't know how he fell that far. And when he came to me in the second round, I had all intentions of going uh, receiver. I believe Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, some of these guys went right before me, and I would have been totally excited with them. DeMarco Murray was right there. Uh, and even though I would have liked to have had a receiver, 
I'm not going to pass on him in the second round. And then with Drew Brees, just like in my other one uh, with Peyton Manning, there were only two quarterbacks that I told myself I would go in the third round for, and it was both of those guys. So I just happened to fall in with those three, and uh, I have been riding their coattails ever since. Hey, Rick, let me ask you, with uh, with regards to Matt Forte, you talk about him being the top player on your board this year. If I was to say he enters in the offseason healthy, the Bears' offense is not blown up. I mean, they basically keep the, the, the Marshall, Jeffrey, Ben Cutler core there. Would you have any qualms drafting Forte in the top three again next year? No, I would not. And I, I've been asked this question a lot with uh, uh, some other guys in my leagues here at home. And to me, with uh, Mark Tressman uh, in either his second to last year or his last year in the Canadian Football League, uh, we had running backs getting 90 reception in his offense uh, in uh, the Canadian Football League, and there are no Matt Fortes. Matt Forte, to me, is one of the, the best receiving backs in the NFL, and as long as Mark Tressman is there and they have not blown anything up, I would probably take Matt Forte number one again next year. It's all about the coaching tree. The yeah. Trestman running back. You know, Robbie watched the right. CFL. He might he might think that Steve Slayton. Rob is nodding his head right now. Yeah, he yeah. likes Steve Slayton. Well, Slayton maybe makes a comeback with <laughs> the Bears next year. I'll pay attention. <laughs> I won't bet on that. Uh, Rick, uh, as a DeMarco Murray owner, uh, do you want to start seeing his workload in Dallas lightened? Uh, or are you just hoping, like, you know, keep feeding him the ball so he keeps getting all these points and hopefully he can keep it together for the rest of 2014. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it's a monster workload, but are, are you just hoping uh, that uh, that he can just kind of see see it out and make sure that uh, he keeps putting up fantasy points uh, with that monster workload, or you want to see it go down? No, I want to continue to see exactly where it's at. Um, if history is going to repeat itself with 400, back, uh, 400 carry backs, most of them really don't break down during the season. It's the season afterwards is whenever they break down. Uh, with DeMarco's history coming out of college and in the first few years in the NFL, I am kind of worried about him holding up from that aspect, just his, his past. But I don't think the workload is going to be uh, a problem for him. He's a bigger back. Uh, so I, I just want to say, hey, just here, give it to him. It, it appears as though uh, they're going to uh, give it. They're the reason why. Uh, they're they're seven and two, and I, I think that they would have won the other game, the game the other night if they would have just handed the ball to him three times on the four yard line instead of letting Brandon Whedon, ex Brown guy, try to throw it twice into the end zone. But I am full on Murray, just give him the ball and let's go for 400 carries if that's what it takes. Hey Rick, how crushing was it to see that overtime where Dallas gets the football? After Washington gets the field goal, they give it to Murray on first down. He rifles off an eight-yard run, and then the next three plays, he doesn't even touch it. That blew me away that Dallas did not give him the football to get him to try to get that first down and extend the game. Had to be so frustrating watching that. It is frustrating, and I try to sometimes watch this as a fan, not just as a DeMarco Murray owner or an owner of a certain player, and go, why are you not doing what is working for you? Uh, and it just b- m- blows my mind. I did not play football in high school or anything. And, but as a fan, I can sit here and watch, well, this is working. Why is a coach, why is a, uh, the, the staff, are you not saying, just continue to do this until it breaks. Just keep on working with it. If it's not broken, don't fix it. And it does it does kind of frustrate you, especially being an owner of Murray. It did frustrate you a little bit or me a little bit. Uh, Dave, a quick side story. When I was a powder puff football coach for homecoming weekend when I was going to college in Minnesota, I ran the exact same play for three and a half series until the other team finally stopped it. What was the play? It was just this little tight end dump that they, they just could not stop. And we were rifling off eight and nine yards every single time we ran it. Three and a half series. You know, my buddy Kurt and I would play Madden. He would always run that tight end play against me all the time. Why didn't you stop it? Because it was impossible to stop. The game stopped, <laughs> and you would keep running the same play. I'm like, Much dude, less. you're cheating. It's like this, and he's like, well, why don't you stop it? I'm like running a dime coverage and dropping a defensive end back into coverage, and he was still completing. <laughs> all right, sorry, Rick. I'm, and, I'm still pissed about that. Anyway, moving on. All right, hey. so <laughs> talking a lot of video games tonight. All right, so hey, that's almost like Bo Jackson and Techno Bowl. You can't yeah, exactly. totally. It's exactly right. Yeah, exactly. We made a rule you couldn't be the Raiders. Like, we just outlawed it because he would rush for 300 yards on a bad game. Yeah. And then Christian Okoye, we had to stop it with the Chiefs, too. You couldn't be the Chiefs or yeah. the Raiders. Yes. Yeah, what about you, Ryan? Nightmare. Yeah, he was yeah. fantastic. <laughs> All right, so the, the question here, 
is really about the, a lot of these guys, they like to, they, they come out to Vegas, but they'll actually play online. They won't even draft live because they think online drafting, the people are weaker. But you drafted both of your dominant teams live in Las Vegas. Why were you so successful in drafting these dominant teams without home field advantage? Yeah, he's not at home. Oh, yeah, yeah. the home field advantage. All right. Now I, now I understand the question, Balky. No, I, I couldn't imagine doing it any differently. I've never done it online. I think that people that don't try to do it live, uh, to me, they're just not uh, being able to experience the whole atmosphere. It, I would not recommend doing it anything but live. I think you guys have done an awesome job with the FFPC. I love everything from the introduction to the UNLV, UNLV cheerleaders, everything that goes on there those three days or two days that we're drafting is absolutely great. And um, I, to me, I, I like to sit around – uh, if you start by getting a couple of drafts, the one that I had for Forte and Murray and Breeze, people start stressing out, and you can start seeing it on their face. If I'm looking at a computer, I can't see those things. I can't see people reaching for certain guys, but I, I would never do it online. I love being there, and anybody that I ever get into this league, I'm going to recommend you have to go there. You have to do it live. It's just the best experience. Live drafts are the best experiences, and you guys do it top-notch. No, well, th- thank you so much for the kind words. Well, especially Alex's speeches, I think. I would, that was, you know what? That's that's the first thing I thought of when he was, I was like, "Oh, you know, the cheerleaders and everything is so great." And then I was like, "What about Alex's speech? Like that, that's the highlight for me." You know, just, it's just so great. Oh, guys, uh, listen, I want to thank you for playing the FFPC. Let's draft. That's basically what it is. Those are the better ones. Yeah, the short ones. <laughs> yeah, the short ones. <laughs> We're talking with Rick Beard tonight on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. He's in second in 19th place in the FFPC main event. Uh, Rick, uh, one of the biggest names on the waiver wire the last two weeks, and we actually talked about it at the top of the show, is Charles Sims. Um, he's coming in now. We don't know if he's going to be activated this week. If, he's, if it's not this week, it'll probably be next week. Uh, in any event, he's going to have fresh legs at a time in the season where injuries and you know uh, exhaustion is starting to set in with some of these players have been playing all season what do you think the chances are of him becoming a bell cow running back in that Tampa offense what with Bobby Rainey's fumbling problems and Doug Martin's football problems uh, what do you think about Charles Sims as being a bell cow uh, when he is activated off that uh, IR list well I'm trying to temper my emotions on him I don't know where to go I kind of I, I tend to stay away from rookies, period. I know he is uh, he's drafted by this coaching staff, and they probably want to see what they have. The season's probably lost for them right now. Um, I, I like him. They've compared him to Matt Forte, and I express how much I love Forte. Uh, I just don't know about a rookie running back. I don't uh, see him being that bell cow. I see him being that compliment to Bobby Rainey. Uh, I think Doug Martin is on his way out. But um, with their schedule, they have the fourth easiest schedule for the rest of the year. And having that easy schedule, I think you're going to see what he can do next year. But I don't think he's going to be that bell, bell cow this year. You go next year, maybe a mid-pick, go after him. Lovey Smith, they, they like him. They drafted him. But I don't see it this year. All right. It's a, it's a no on Sims. No, Sims next year I think would be interesting, though. We'll have to see. Okay, we'll talk about next year next year, but for some of us, next year has already started. <laughs> so, so I'll just I'll, – well, that's why we like to the, get the real pros on the show so we can kind of, you know, for those no, – not a real for, pro. For everyone who uh, is not me and is still competing this year, uh, this, this will be the, the show for you. <laughs> so, Rick uh, – other than like Forte and Murray, who are some of the players that you targeted and that you got on your on your teams this year? Some of like the mid round type picks. Um, mainly receivers. Uh, I, I loved um, Emmanuel Sanders, Golden Tate. I have in every single league in the FFPC. Got a little fortunate with the Calvin Johnson uh, injury, but even before that, uh, he was doing quite well, and he was doing uh, very well last year in Seattle. And now he's had, he just has an opportunity, uh, maybe a better downfield passer in Matt, Matthew Stafford. I uh, loved um, Golden Tate. Jeremy Macklin, another guy having a couple leagues. Ruben Randall, it also has helped me out with the injury to Victor Cruz. We'll see what uh, coming out of the bye week, how they're going to implement him now, uh, maybe being the number one receiver there. And um, I, I honestly think that 
my league, my two leagues that I'm doing quite well in right now are going to come down to the last player that I was really high on, and I don't know how he's going to do right now, and that's Josh Gordon. I was able to get him in the 15th and 12th round in both the leagues that I'm in the top 20, and I feel if somehow, some way, he can come in uh, after week 12 and uh, put up some decent numbers, I think that I will be uh, doing quite well at the end there in week 16. But those are mainly receivers that I targeted, and the first four I mentioned were uh, have been doing quite well for me so far. So talking about Josh Gordon a little bit, so are you planning to just pretty much throw him right into the mix the first week that he's back, or are you going to give him a week to kind of, I wouldn't say, you know, kind of reprove himself. I mean, it's a, it's a different system. You know, less passes are being thrown in that offense. I would say as of right now, no, I would not do it because I'm pretty deep at the receivers. Um, but if for some reason one of my receivers goes out, I would not hesitate by throwing him in there and just going, uh, let's, it's, it's, the, it's not the week 14, 15, 16. Uh, it's the playoffs in my, in my certain leagues. Uh, and I would just say, go. let's go for the gusto and hope and pray that uh, my local team can help me uh, win that game. But I would not have any hesitation putting them in as long as my current receivers, uh, one of them, had went down. Rick, let me follow that up since you are in Cleveland and, and obviously are, are paying much closer attention to the Browns than, than the majority of people out there. Who do you... When do you think Johnny Johnny Manziel takes over uh, as the quarterback for the Browns? Is it this year? Do we have to wait till next year? And as a Gordon owner, who do you want to be throwing the football to Gordon? Do you want it to be Hoyer, or do you want Manziel in there? I do not see Manziel uh, getting on the field this year, uh, except for maybe trick plays like he did the one game where he went off to the sideline pretending like he was talking to the coach and ran down. Uh, I don't see it. No one here is mainly talking about it. Uh, they talked with. Uh, they're talking about an extension with Hoyer, actually, uh, trying to get him signed. And Hoyer's sticking to his guns uh, and trying to improve his season to get a larger payday next year. Uh, so I would say Hoyer is going to be there the rest of the year. Going to the person throwing to Gordon, I don't think it matters. I think Gordon is just that talented that he's one of those Calvin Johnson types guys that. He's going to make the quarterback look better. Uh, I, get, I, say, uh, I guess we would stay with Hoyer uh, just because uh, he is more familiar with the offense, a prototypical NFL-type quarterback as opposed to Manziel who wants to get out the pocket. But I think Gordon's going to be able to make either quarterback look better, but I don't see Manziel playing this year, so Hoyer's going to be. Have you uh, have you seen uh, Gordon or Manziel out at the clubs at all in uh, Cleveland? <laughs> I don't frequent the clubs. I wish I did and could see them. Uh, I guess I could go to the local um, car dealership and talk with Josh Gordon since that's what he's doing right now, selling the cars. <laughs> I just hope that he's uh, getting in shape for my fantasy teams because that's number what, one. What what brand do you what brand you sell? Is he really selling cars at the dealership? What brand does he sell? Oh, man, it's either Cadillac. Um, I think it is Cadillac, if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, uh, yeah, how many players? I bet he sells a ton There's of Cadillac. a lot of Escalades rolling around Cleveland right now. I'll tell you that. Dude, that'd be cool to buy a car from Josh Gordon. Right, even if, if you knew you were getting screwed on it. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, up, man. Yeah, like, and you know what? I'll, let me just, I'll pay a little bit more. You know, I know you're hurting right now with, with, with no NFL check. You know, let me help out that commission check. I'll pay more. I'll pay sticker. The, the, the guy, the, 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 I'll, sa- I'll take the armor off. The salesman. Yeah. <laughs> give, give me the rust proofing. I, I want and the, the and the undercoating, all the stuff that, that doesn't really exist. No, the other thing too is, uh, with, with, uh, with Gordon, um, uh, in regards to uh, to selling the cars, I gotta believe like he's becoming a better people person, you know. Right. So I feel like he could be a real glue guy yeah. when he gets back to the Browns. So he'll I, probably be an announcer on the NFL Network in like twelve. Oh, years. he's got a future in the, in media for sure. I have no doubt with that. Um, we're talking with Rick Beard. He's uh, got uh, the second place and nineteenth place in the FFPC main event. Rick, uh, you have Drew Brees on one of those top twenty teams. Peyton Manning is your quarterback on the other one. Now I know you said the draft kind of fell to you to get those players in Brees and Manning, but it fell to a lot of people to to take those quarterbacks. They chose not to take those quarterbacks. Why did you decide to go quarterback early in both of those drafts? 
whenever it comes to not only quarterbacks but any player, I look at value. I'm just trying to go by value and go if if I take a person here and I pass on another player, what am I going to miss out on? And, and in the leagues that I was in, whenever I took them in the third round, I didn't feel as though the value was going to be that great of what I was losing uh, if I waited another five rounds to take in what happened to be a, a normal uh, draft with the Staffords and the Lux in the seventh to eighth round. I thought that uh, the running backs I could get or receivers I could get in those rounds were going to be comparable to what I'm going to pass up in the third round. So those two quarterbacks, with their history and the way, and their offense, I was uh, very pleased that they fell to me in the third round, and I didn't hesitate. I wasn't worried, are they going to put up the numbers that they put up in the past? Those were the only two quarterbacks I was going to take at, in the third round of those positions, and fortunately um, it has worked out so far. Oh, so it's kind of like the opposite of Balky's get-your-guys theory. No, it's not the opposite because those totally be, the opposite. No, because once you get them, they're your guys. So he got his guys. They just the guys changed. Rick, I was just trying to start an argument with Balky. I'll I'll, I'll leave this one go. Well, I mean, <laughs> you're not going to leave it go with me. You're going to continue berating me for my get my guys theory. <laughs> hey, Rick, what type of uh, tough lineup decisions are staring you in the face this week? Oh man, this one is a hard. It already happened. It happened last night um, with uh, Travaris Cadet. Really did not want to play him, but in my one league that uh, I'm uh, in the 19th overall position, I want to say I have Matt Forte, Golden Tate, um, who else, a couple other guys on buys that I had no one else to start, and I really wish that I would have looked more into the waiver wire and got someone for Travaris Cadet. He didn't really do much yesterday. Uh, that is the most difficult decision so far. Um, and a couple other ones, Charles Clay versus uh, Carlos Hyde. I'm still debating on one of those right now. I do think San Francisco should be winning big. Therefore, hopefully both running backs could do well. Um, but with bye weeks, I don't even know if I have an option of having tough decisions. They're kind of already made for me because I have so many people on buys this week. I mean, you can't really be faulted for the cadet start. I mean, like, you know, cadet, right. cadet uh, Olsen, um, who, I mean, everyone, like, almost everyone had a bad game yesterday. Yeah, ben- Jimmy, Benjamin Jimmy, Cooks, Colston. Yeah, Jimmy Graham had a good game. Cam Newton had a bad game. Gra- Graham was in Ingram. Yeah, that was really it. Yeah. Who do you like between yeah. Charles Clay and, and Carlos Hyde this week, Dave? Hyde at home against the Rams uh, or uh, Charles Clay going up against the uh, uh, Chargers at home? Well, I would mean to clay if it's FFPC score. It is FFPC, and I would say I would agree. All right. Well, take that advice and flush that down the toilet. When when in doubt, go with the tight end. (laughs) And the same rings true in fantasy football. Or go against our advice. (laughs) Or, yeah, that's usually been pretty accurate. That was uh, was funny, Bucky. I didn't catch the joke. Thank you. Well, listen, uh, you're so excited to make the next joke. Sometimes uh, you get ahead of yourself. Uh, Speaking of getting ahead of ourselves, I uh, don't want to let you out of here, Rick, before we get uh, some emails read to you from some listeners. First one is from... uh, Joel in Shreveport, Louisiana. Hi, Rick. I need some help from someone who not only clearly knows what he's doing, but doing it on the highest level. What's your feeling on Darren Sproles this week? I have Lacey and Sankey on by. Would you play Sproles at the Houston Texans or Martavis Bryant at home against the Ravens? Apparently it's for his flex spot. That's Joel in Shreveport. What, uh, you know, I know we're putting you on the spot here, uh, Rick, but what do you like better, uh, Sproles at the Texans or Martavis Bryant taking on the Ravens? Uh, Sproles, by far. With Martavis Bryant, I'm just looking at um, how many opportunities he is going to have. And you have Bryant, you have uh, Bell, Heath Miller, uh, and I don't, I think he's probably fourth or fifth going on the, the Steelers list coming down, whereas Sproles, He's still got um, Macklin. You have McCoy. But I think then it's going to be Sproles. I still don't have any faith in Riley Cooper. I think it's going to be a good game. And uh, if I had to go, I'm going to go Sproles. I, I don't, I, I'd actually feel very confident going Sproles over Bryant. I hire a total, too. So you're saying Sproles as well, Dave? Yeah, yeah. That I, that's, that's how I am, too. Um, f- uh, final email, John in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, he writes, what's up, Rick? Are you changing your expectations for the Jets players with Michael Vick at the helm? 
My personal feeling is that Chris Ivory is a little bit more dangerous, and Harvin, Decker, and Amaro all have a more talented quarterback throwing to them. But I'm curious as to what your thoughts were. Good luck the rest of the season. Thanks, man. That's John in Atlanta, Georgia. Dave, does it seem like we get a lot of emails from Georgia? I feel like we get a ton from Georgia, like that whole southeastern part of the country. Lawrenceville, Thomasville, Atlanta, Savannah. Everything ends in A down there. It's weird. Uh, Anyway, Rick, um, what what, what about the Jets' offense? What are your feelings uh, with how it changes with Michael Vick uh, at the quarterback position? First, I appreciate the kind words uh, from your listener. Uh, I don't have anything really nice to say about the Jets. Uh, The best person that they have on that team is Chris Ivory, and for some reason, every single game they forget that. They forget that he's their best player. They forget to give it to him. And then they, lo and behold, put Chris Johnson in there, and we watch him go one carry for minus four yards and another carry for minus three yards. Chris Ivey is the best player. They need to feed him the ball. Uh, but unfortunately, if I'm the other team, I'm just going to stack eight in the box because Percy Harvin, any other receivers they have, Michael Vick, I don't feel that they're going to be able to get it done either. So until that coaching staff and, uh, can – Get someone who knows how to coach offense. I have no faith in anybody, including Ivory, who I do own in one of my leagues, and I'm just trying to write him out. Hopefully he gets a late touchdown so often in the games. You should tweet Rex Ryan. (laughs) You know what's funny is that that with the whole Chris Ivory thing is, you know, obviously I got a bunch of leagues, a bunch of players. I have Chris Ivory on one team, and when I was watching games on Sunday, the happiest I got was on Ivory's two touchdowns that he scored. <laughs> like, I jumped off the couch, I pumped my fist, I'm like, yeah! I don't know why I even cared that much. Like, I ended up getting destroyed in that league. But And you know what? That's the league I have nine players on a bye this week. So it's oh. going to be dicey again two weeks in a row. But I get a good, I get a good lineup formulated. I feel good with, uh, about it. So we'll, we'll see what happens. All right. What do you think of that strategy there, Rick? <laughs> Putting uh, nine guys on buy and I, I don't know twenty man roster. You know, I never look at the buys when I'm drafting either. But at some point, nine guys on the buy. Now, you know what? And, and Rick, you know what's funny? And Dave, I told you this earlier. Rick, what's funny about that is this was before waivers went through on Wednesday night, and I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll cut some guys who are you know on a buy, and I'll, I'll pick up some more. So then after waivers, I checked again. I still had nine guys on a buy. So apparently, I was cutting guys who were playing this week. To, to pick up guys who are also playing this week. It's going to be – it wouldn't even be so bad if my team was killing it in the first eight weeks of the season. It's not. It's 5-3, and <laughs> yeah. three and it's barely a playoff team right now. So, anyway, Dave, go ahead. I was just waiting to see if Rick had any follow-up comments <laughs> there's, on that. There's nothing to follow that up. It's just <laughs> there's like, nothing to follow. Know, like, why am I talking to this guy? You know, like, that has to be what's going through Rick's mind. Nine guys. Poor Rick. <laughs> All right, Rick, uh, we're going we're gonna to look for your sleeper starter this week and a, a guy that normally you'd start but you'd consider benching this week for a better option. So we want one sleeper starter and one kind of early round pick that you're going to bench. Well, I briefly caught the uh, tail end of one of your guys' conversation there about Jeremy Hill. Uh, I do like Jeremy Hill this week. Uh, with A.J. Green supposedly supposed to be starting, with uh, Giovanni Bernard officially out, I do like him. I think I would start Hill over uh, Eddie Lacy, over um, Andre Ellington, and over uh, Alfred Morris. Uh, I do expect him to be winning. And uh, if you got that late touchdown with maybe 75, 80 yards, a couple receptions, I'd be very happy with that. Um, And this is the one question I was going back and forth on where I could go. I watch all these fantasy uh, shows, and they kind of give you the – no-brainer pick sometimes. So I wanted to really dive deep. Hopefully I just picked him up on FFPC. Uh, This is a really deep sleeper, and I'm hoping he's going to have a good week this week. And that's Jarvis Landry from Miami. Uh, And I'm hopefully I just got him, uh, and I plan on playing him, and I would play him over a Harvin, a Cordero Patterson, and even a Julian Edelman. And as soon as I get off the phone with you guys, I'm really hoping I got him. And uh, I will probably start Jarvis Landry in one of my leagues this week. All right, that's good. That's yeah. a, that is a that's you know that's that's, that's what ballsy. the whole it's the question it's why the question was designed for answers <laughs> like Jarvis Landry. I love that uh, pick. I love the uh, I love the uh, confidence uh, that you have. It's it's uh, it's certainly refreshing. And uh, Rick, I, I want we need, we need a sucky guy. Oh, didn't we get one? I'm sorry. Go ahead, Rick, with your bust. <laughs> oh, with my bust. Oh, um. 
I don't have a bust on my team right now. I guess I would stick with the the <laughs> Percy Harvin Edelman. Edelman, <laughs> that's All not actually Edelman. Yeah, Go I ahead, would sorry. say Edelman is going to be a bust this week. I, I still think that uh, uh, he's some reason uh, with uh, Brandon LaFell coming up, he's kind of taken away from his targets with Gronk back now. Uh, his 10-plus targets a game may go down to round five, and he's not a touchdown-dependent uh, guy. So he's you, hopefully just trying to get those eight to ten receptions. I don't see it there anymore. Yeah, I, bench, I just benched Edelman for Bolden in the uh, Kentucky really? Big Payback. Yeah, I guess that makes what you, sense. What do you think of that move, Rick? Would you play Bolden over Edelman this week, Rick? Oh, Bold, Brandon Bolden? I don't know about that. No, no, no. no. Uh, Anquan, the Florida oh, State Anquan one. Bolden? Good one. Yes, I would. Yes, I would. <laughs> the good one. <laughs> Fair enough. You know what, Balky? I'll grant you Anquan Bolden. He's a good player. He, he's the best Bolden I know. Um, Rick, I want to thank you for uh, uh, taking some time out of your schedule tonight uh, for uh, joining the show. Um, from Cleveland, by way of North Carolina, second place and 19th place in the FFPC main event. And uh, Keep those planes in the air, Rick. Keep the planes in the air and, um, uh, you know, uh, how many people do you know went as a whoopee cushion for Halloween this year? <laughs> we had the one guy who did it on the show tonight. Rick, man, uh, good luck the rest of the way, and uh, thanks for joining the show. Now go check to see if you got Jarvis Landry, for God's sake. That's right. I really appreciate it, guys. I had a blast. Good luck with the rest of the season, and hopefully I'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Rick Beard, ladies and gentlemen, second place and 19th place in the FFPC main event. Um, really opening my eyes up to the air traffic controller following we have with the FFPC. I was tempted to ask him a question about the Breaking Bad when that, that whole thing happened, but I didn't want to. No, I this is I actually researched this. Are you talking about the ABQ episode? Yeah, yeah. Where, well, I mean, just the whole thing that happened. Yeah. I think, uh, without spoiling it for people, and by the way. If you if haven't you, seen it, too for, bad. No, not too bad. Go out and watch Breaking Bad. I'm telling you, watch the whole series this weekend. Um the way that, that it was explained to me, that whole way that it went down is antiquated and is not the way things work anymore. Oh. So that's the way I, I read about it. It was like a Breaking Bad Miss debunked where they talked about... Oh, was that was when the, you were watching Talking Bad? No, it wasn't on Talking Bad. It was okay. like a separate, you know, BuzzFeed type okay. website. Or okay. Anyway, uh, let's, ladies and gentlemen, we need to move on. Got a question for Eric Dave or tonight's guest? Send them a tweet at HSFF Hour on Twitter. Email the show at HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com. Post it in the chat room during the broadcast. Hashtag your tweet with HSFF or just smack Eric in the head. That's HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com or at HSFF Hour on Twitter. So, Bucky, before you do the tweets. Right. Whenever I hear a whoopee cushion, whenever I hear, hear the word whoopee, I always think of a video. Uh, and I think of a um, a, a video, game, no, a game show, a game show. Okay. What game show do you think I think of when I hear the word for whoopee? Yeah, whoopee. Uh, I thought probably something that was before my time. No, the, the newlywed game. Oh yeah, it was. That was uh, oh making whoopee. Where yeah, where's where you and your wife? Where was where? Where's the you know strangest place you and your wife make whoopee? Right, right. And of course, you've heard ever heard of right in in yeah, the. Right, right. Well, we'll move on, but. That is the, that's in the, the rear <laughs> of a convenience store. Uh, anyway, no, but that, I always uh, you know, he he brought that up. I'm like, oh, new one. Hey, real quick, uh, Experto, our good friend Experto is in the uh, in the uh, chat room tonight. Of course, Experto is our weather Experto. Yeah. And uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about the the winds, the swirling winds in the Denver New England game. Bill Belichick kind of poo pooed that. I don't know if you saw that the other day. No. <laughs> He's like. Meteorologists, they're wrong all the time. If they had my job, they'd be here about a week. You know, <laughs> That's like, great. you know, just how wrong they are. And Experto is actually saying a lot of those swirling winds, the 30 to 40 mile an hour gusts, might be happening earlier in the day. Remember, that's a 430 mm-hmm. game or 415 game, whatever it is. So, again, if you're leaning towards benching a Bronco or a Patriot because of the weather, don't do it. Find a different reason. It was very windy today in Wisconsin. Josh Radsick from North Dakota via Wisconsin, Vikings fan. Eight team of FPC owner. Yeah, I know Josh. Nine hundred twenty fourth overall right now. He's trying to make a runner six. And this email was sent from his iPhone, Dave. <laughs> what up? I was wondering if you guys spend much time thinking about fantasy playoff schedules during this time of year. Probably not as well, dizzle. Well, you <laughs> here's the next line. Probably not as Dizzle doesn't even ever know this week's schedule. But if so, what teams do you see as having a relatively good fantasy playoff schedule when looking at potential players to trade for? Obviously not in FFPC format, but it could also work for waiver wire moves. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. That's our good friend Josh in North Dakota. 
Uh, I'll, I'll answer this right now. I, I look at fantasy playoff schedules before the draft and just sort of just doing due diligence. I don't really make a whole lot of wide sweeping decisions on the fantasy playoff schedule based on who I draft before the season. And during the season, I almost never look at it uh, because the leagues I play in, uh, they either don't allow trades or I, it's just not a league I would trade based upon, you know, having a juicy playoff schedule because it's not like the guy who owns that player doesn't think that he's going to have a, a good playoff schedule. I mean, he knows. So you have to sort of find a team that's willing to say, okay, it's week nine, I'm out of it, and I'll dump these guys to you. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's difficult to do. So I haven't looked at it at all. I don't know if you have, Dave. Well, just a few that you know kind of pop out to me. Atlanta plays at home against Pittsburgh week 15. Week 14, they're at Green Bay, and then they're at New Orleans week 16. So those all seem like pretty high-scoring games. And that was who? I'm sorry. Atlanta, okay. the Falcons. They're at Green Bay, then Pittsburgh at home, and then at the Saints. So those all seem like high-scoring games. So I think the guy you would target there would be Roddy White, a guy who's been struggling but does have a good – or Matt Ryan would be Matt another. Matt Ryan, or, you know, yeah. obviously Julio would be great if you could possibly right. acquire him. Uh, Denver uh, at home against Buffalo, at San Diego, at Cincinnati. Those are all going to be high-scoring games. Um, so I think that is one option. And then uh, Kansas City, you know, week 14 is not great there at Arizona. But, uh, you know, if you're looking at Jamal Charles, week 15 at home against Oakland and week 16 at Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's rush defense has been pretty bad. Yeah. So, I don't know. so there you go, uh, Atlanta, Denver, and Kansas City. And you still also one more is you have Philly, weeks 15 and 16, at home against Dallas and at Washington. Those NFC East battles late in the season, they're always crazy, like 37-34 finals. And I don't think it would be that difficult to acquire Riley Cooper or um, Jordan like, Matthews. Or, if you're going to start any of those guys in week 15 or 16, you're not going to be. Maybe Maybe it's a deep league. Maybe. I play. Listen, I play in the big boy leagues, Dave. Start 50, roster 100. That's the way I roll. Uh, we have one uh, from, on Twitter, and you know what? I, the guy, Rob, the guys, Rob printed this off, and he printed it in color, but mm. it, on, on the black and white printer. So the guy's Twitter handle is in um, blue, which is not showing up on here, which uh. is really annoying. So I apologize. I, I can't give your uh, Twitter name out. Uh, but anyway, here is his question. He has um, five quarterbacks he's choosing from. Okay, there's two on the waiver wire. He has three. Sure. Which of this, the this week? No, for the rest of the way. Oh, he okay. wants to know which three he should roster out of these five. Okay. RG three, Andy Dalton, Kyle Orton, Joe Flacco, Matt Ryan. Who are the three you would want out of that five, Dave? I'll tell you right now. For me, it's RG three. It's Matt Ryan. And I'm probably going with Andy Dalton, but I mean, I, I could make the case for Flacco as well. Um, yeah, not Orton for sure, and right. you obviously want Ryan. So it really comes down to two out of three between RG three, Dalton, and Flacco. Right. Uh, you know, I actually I'm kind of liking Flacco. Okay. You know, I don't really trust RG three that much. I think I'd probably play it a little bit safe and go Dalton and Flacco. He already has Ryan and Flacco, so he just needs to acquire Dalton off the waiver wire. Yeah. Good, okay. good. Yeah, AJ Green coming back, Dalton could be could be something. Right. Good luck, unnamed Twitter soul. Thanks, I mean, I Rob. I don't know that you could trust RG three over Matt Ryan in any situation, unless he got totally. No, but I mean, like you talked about the playoff schedule. I'm probably playing Matt Ryan there. I'll just take RG three just for the upside. You know, I mean, maybe he blows up. I don't think Dalton or Flacco is no, going to blow up. You know, looking at the playoff, you know. I will actually change it to RG3 because RG3 is at Indianapolis. Now, they've played decent pass defense, but that could be high scoring. At home against St. Louis, at the Giants, and then home, at home against Philly. So those are all high scoring type games. So all right. you know, RG3. All right. Um, but definitely Flacco over Dalton. Brett, I in, uh, definitely Flacco over Dalton? For me. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Brett in Alhambra, California. Hello, Jason and Freddie. Is it, which one would you be, by the way? I would be Jason. I, I totally liked, agree. I never liked the Nightmare on Elm Street stuff. So. Well, I, I just think Freddie's sort of the comical, like, you know, creepy, skinny guy. And you're more of like the thick, cut, muscular, beat you to death guy with the ski mask, you know. That's great, Paul. Not that you're big. You're not big. You're definitely more cut than I am. But uh, I have the muscle uh, tone of, of Freddy Krueger. <laughs> is, it, is it time for Dave's favorite football player to step up? Stedman Bailey has a golden opportunity to become fantasy relevant for the rest of the season. What kind of numbers do you expect him to put up for the second half of the season in a quickless offense? That's Brett in Alhambra, California. What do you think, Stedman Bailey, uh, president of Span Club? We have him right here. What do you think, rest of the way? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit optimistic. And by the way, how is our I got five on a bet looking? You know, we should do an update on that next week. Um, we, have a, we have a bet. I'm sure I, you're I, beating me. 
Stedman Bailey outperforms Tavon Austin this year. Right. And, and we, you, were, you were so confident going Well, because Bailey got suspended. We made the bet yep. before he got suspended. Yeah. And then Austin, Austin got the hurt. And then, guy, and, eighth overall pick. Right. And, and then Austin got hurt. Agreed. And then he came back. And he still sucked. And he still sucked. Yeah. So I'm sure you're going to win that. But I'll tell, tell you what, Rob, put that on the on the notes for next week. We want to do a um, a bet update next week. Yeah, you know, I, I I don't like Bailey that much this week. It's not a great matchup at San Francisco. Well, he's just saying the rest of the season. Yeah, but I'm mean, you know I think that he I think again like he was touted as a potential as upside as like a Greg Jennings type career. And I like granted that's it's a pretty big upside. I mean, right. Jennings had a really good career um, for a long time. We'll see. I mean, we'll just see what happens. But I think he's got some potential. Do you think he's a top forty guy the rest of the way? A uh, borderline. I okay. Mean, so there you uh, go. I think I think that might be his upside. You know. So he's like a wide receiver four for you. Yeah. yeah. And then and again, you're talking about ceiling. Yeah. So. Exactly. Okay. I'm not starting him over any. I mean, like I'd start Martavius Bryant over him. You know, other guys like that. And you know what? I don't even think I'm that high on him, so I'm staying away. Although I do have a dollar bid in in Kentucky for him to try to pick up because I need I need some Reggie Wayne insurance. Which I you know what? Let's skip to that email Looks right like now. Wayne's gonna play. Scott in Lagrand, Oregon. Happy Halloween, HSFFers. Can you guys help me out on this Reggie Wayne thing? I don't have Moncrief, and I could play James Jones against Seattle or Malcolm Floyd at Miami. Should I risk the zero or take the points? That's Scott and Lagrand. I think it's Lagrand, Oregon. Reggie Wayne plays Monday night. Okay, he doesn't have Moncrief. He practiced today. In, in limited. Full. Oh, in, in full. full. Okay, then it's not even a. Well, supposedly in full, and because it's an elbow, so it's supposedly no limitations. If he practices again tomorrow in full for the Monday night game, I think you're fine. You I, know, there'll be some rumors coming out Sunday morning too. I'll, I'll tell you this right now. I would, based on what you just told me, I would totally risk the zero. I would. I feel like Wayne. I don't. I think it's very unlikely that he sits. Well, it's still a risk of a zero, though. I mean, if he does sit. Well, yeah, if he sits or if he has a bad game. So we're both saying play Wayne. I'd play Wayne. Okay. Um, I played, I'm playing Wayne over Bailey, actually, in a league where I did acquire Bailey. Just as he was my own. If, because I was concerned that Wayne was just going to miss completely. Uh, Kathy in Bloomington, Texas. What's going on with Mal- uh, Malcolm? Michael Floyd. Is this really who he is, or was it just a bad two months for him? This will be the last time I buy into preseason hype. Always love listening, guys. Kathy, Bloomington, Texas. I don't think this is who he is. I, I don't know what his deal is this year. It's not really him. It's Ari- Arians has said that uh, this offense spreads the ball around, and John Brown is really over. You know, he's really performed well. He's their key wide open. And it's tough. It's like if you're an opposing defensive coordinator, who do you want to beat you? Do you want it to be Mal- Michael Floyd? Why do I keep calling him Malcolm? Um, <laughs> do you want it to be Michael Floyd or do you want it to be John Brown? I'd rather make sure it's not Michael Floyd beating me. If John Brown makes some plays, he makes some plays. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd be hesitant to start him this week, but I, he might have a good week. Yeah. You know, he's only had, I think he's had seven targets in the last few weeks. Yeah, it's, it's been awful. Yeah. It's been awful. And that's the thing is you never know how that offense is going to go because they don't force it to anyone. Uh, and it's clearly working because Arizona's crushing it. Uh, Teddy, Lawrenceville, Georgia. Another friggin' Georgia email. I own Monte Ball and I'm considering cutting him because I don't know how much he'll help me or how much help he'll give me when he comes back, when he is healthy. How will the Denver backfield shake out? No mere mortal can resist the evil of the thriller. That's Teddy in Lawrenceville, Georgia. A lot of Halloween emails. Thanks for that, guys. Monte Ball, when he comes back, he's the backup, right? Hillman's still playing over him. I think I think at this point that's the case. But after the season, I don't know how it's going to work out for Dynasty. But, you know. Right. Um, we'll see how it goes, but I, I think isn't Hillman still younger? Isn't he like? I don't know if he's I, younger I, now. I thought he was actually younger than Ball. Ball was an older guy when he got drafted. Are you cutting Ball? Uh, I probably wouldn't cut him now. I mean, I would not either. High powered offense that you just need to hang on to him and just uh, hope that Hillman gets hurt now. Final <laughs> email. We got to get this one. Javier and Tara Hoach, our hey. good friend. Happy Halloween, guys. Hope your fantasy seasons are going better than mine. I'm in last place in one and three and five in the other, thanks to drafting Adrian Peterson, Rice, and Brandon Marshall. Another guy who has been screwing me has been Chris Johnson, and I'm considering outright dropping him from my already crappy roster. Would you advise this, or am I just on tilt? Stay black, fellas. That's Javier and Terre Haute. I have no problems cutting Chris Johnson. I don't either. I mean, just he's, he's been a train wreck yeah. this year, and Chris Ivory looks really, really good. <laughs> Doesn't he? Yeah, he's he's great. You're the, big, you're the biggest fan of Chris And Ivory I own him in one league. I don't know why I have this irrational attachment to Chris Ivory, but I do. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that is our show for this week. I want uh, to thank uh, Rick Beard, Southwest Airlines, Papa John's, FedEx, the FFPC, our producer and mutual friend, Rob, audio engineer, Bryce. Most importantly, all of our listeners, thank you once again for that. 
I'll be on Sirius XM 21087 Tuesday at 1230 with Jeff Mann talking fantasy football. Happy Halloween to everybody. A special Halloween episode. I hope everybody had a great Halloween tonight. And uh, I hope everybody enjoys week nine as well. We'll see you next week. Your weekend this has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week.